Hey, Bobby Manning here. Want to give you guys a quick update on this feed. We're going to be throwing it back to our old Celtics postgame show style about an hour after every Celtics game show. And we're doing it on the Locker Room app. If you haven't heard of the Locker Room app, it's available on the Apple App Store as well as getlockerroom.com. And you just download the app, find our room. You can follow me, Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, John Zanis, as well as Jimmy Toscano, and get alerted every time we go live, which is going to be, like I said, an hour after every single game. You can join us there, just like on our old show, and jump on as a caller. Questions, takes, opinions, all that stuff. You'll have your chance to throw it out there and have a little bit of a back and forth with our show like we used to here. Now that audio is going to be available here on this feed. So what you're going to hear after... This is our locker room conversation from last night, uh, the Celtics post-game show overtime, as we're going to be calling it. And that's going to be what this stream is going forward. If you want the Celtics post-game show as we do it on YouTube immediately following the buzzer, which is going to continue for an hour after every game, you're going to want to go subscribe to the Garden Report podcast feed. That's the Garn Report podcast feed. It's on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you're getting your podcast, anywhere you're getting this podcast stream, you'll be able to get the Garn Report one as well. And that will be our post-game stream. This is going to continue to be the locker room stream from every night. So we're basically doing two shows each night. Second one's going to involve you guys. So it's standing here on our old stream where we used to do that every night. And... Here is tonight's show. Hello, hello. Hey, can you hear me? Sherrod, you got me? I got you. Hey, what's up, guys? Sherrod, Blakely, and I are here. Sherrod, give it a tweet to your followers. Fill up the room. Speaker requests. Come on in, fast and furious. Um, Sherrod Blakely here from Bleacher Report, the CLNS Celtics Garden Report postgame show, Boston Sports Journal, NBC's former NBC Sports. What doesn't Sherrod do? Um, <laughs> and uh, and myself here, and we're gonna have uh, Josue Pavone, Bobby Manning, uh, and uh, and Jimmy Toscano joining us in a little bit. Uh, we're gonna rock it following this uh, Celtics. Definitely, definitely the most fun game of the year. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was best win of the year, but this was super entertaining, super fun basketball. Um, so we're going to keep the conversation going a little while longer. Um, for the people in here in the room, just to let you know how we do it, um, I, I'm going to select you guys to speak, and we'll put you up there. And um, just keep it muted until I call on you. Um, and and uh, as soon as I do, just unmute and then join the conversation. Um, so we will start rifling through some uh, some people. Uh, I'll I'll start loading them up. Sherrod, any thoughts before we get started? No, I mean, b- biggest thing is just that this was a really good win. I mean, this this was a Golden State team that's playing their best basketball of the season right now. They're being led by Steph Curry, who's looking like MVP Steph Curry out there. And he had another big game, and yet the Celtics still found a way, go through some adversity, get the win, insert new faces into the lineup, Jabari Parker specifically, uh, and just got, a, a, again, a lot of guys stepping up, making big plays down the stretch. Yeah, um, I've brought in uh, Christian here to speak. Christian, are you uh, there? I am here, yes. 
What's going on? What's up, Chris? Hey, how's it going? Uh, just I thought it was a really good game as well. Um, I was kind of just wondering. I was looking at the standings. I think we're five or maybe four and a half behind Milwaukee right now. Do you think that's too far of a reach? And also, um, you know, after this is six games in a row, do you think we've officially turned the corner? Uh, good question. I, I, Sherrod, you can answer the turn the corner question. Milwaukee did get uh, drilled tonight. Um, yeah. By by Memphis, or at least uh, was it Memphis or Sacramento? No, Minnesota. Minnesota, uh, I think. It Minnesota. Was. Sorry. Uh, last I checked, they were getting. No, it was. It was the Grizzlies. Uh, one twenty-eight, one fifteen. So the standings are again. This is a. They're like four be, and a half back. The Celtics are. It's five in the loss column, four and a half back. It's technically doable, but you, you'd be looking at a pretty good run here. Um, so, but they are again alone at in the four uh, seed now, and they have uh, two games in the loss column over seven and eight. So it's not quite a cushion yet. Uh, I, I'd still be way more concerned about not falling back into that seven eight zone than I would be concerned with uh, jumping up to three. Um, I do think that's your number one goal: is uh, make sure you're the four or the five in a perfect world. You don't want to be the six and have to play one of those teams in the first round because you could be one and done. So I think as long as they fall into four and five, they're good, and then you roll the dice with whatever happens in the second round. But to turn the corner, Sherrod, what do you think? No, to turn the corner, I, I definitely think that they have turned the corner for a couple of reasons. First of all, a lot of their guys are starting to get a little bit healthier. Uh, the schedule is playing itself out so that you don't have Kimba in those back-to-back games. So you're actually able to play your normal schedule with Kimba Walker, uh, the kind of schedule that if you get to the playoffs, you're going to be using him in that regard. You've added another guy off the bench in, in Jabari Parker, who, again, his his greatest asset is his ability to score. And frankly, um, you need that when you talk about that second unit, which coming into this game was like 29th in the league in uh, bench points scored. So you're strengthening your bench, you're starting to get healthy, you're winning games, and you're not, and to me, you're not just winning games, you're winning games with your defense being a factor. And that, that's, to me, that's where I, it, this feels a little bit more real uh, than the, some of their other stretches where they've won maybe two, three, four in a row. Their defense is actually making plays, triggering victories, uh, and if you're going to win in the playoffs, your defense has to be a vital cog in, in that success. In the Celtics, you, we're seeing more and more of that. Um, let's bring in uh, Troy. Uh, yes, Troy. Uh, what's going on, man? What's up, Troy? What's up? What's up? Good to be back. Uh, are you with us, Bobby, officially? I see him there. He might I still do be. Too. He might, Bobby was trying to wrap up some post-game stuff, and okay. uh, he's been he's – been, Enveloped in some, you know, yeah, some very, it seemed like bad... he had some technical difficulties. Just want to make sure he's with us. And uh, we're not, we're a little worried about uh, Bobby. <laughs> but um, but basically, you know, I'm on some good vibes, feeling really good about tonight after a very fun game, like you guys mentioned. And I want us to focus on Kemba, right? So I think okay. he's, he's he's going into basically doing what we need him to do and because his stats are so hyper focused and his contract is used as a detriment to him I don't think it's acknowledged uh, not only from you guys but just as a community just his deferment and leadership how much it has unlocked the Jays in a way that Kyrie really never could 
because of how negative he would be if he didn't get his own or, or you know, just the, the isolation he would do. Like, Kemba is so positive and doesn't really let it ever show when he's having bad games or if he's having bad games. And his ability to just let the Jays be who they are and keep going is so key to their growth that I don't think has been really acknowledged. So I just wanted you guys to touch on that. Okay, well, I, go for it. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, I think with, with Kemba, the one thing that he's doing, and I think it's it's maybe the most important uh, non-on-the-court dynamic that he brings to the table, is he is an example of a guy accepting a role that may be smaller than he's capable of fulfilling. I mean, Kemba has, is a you know, a multi-time all-star, uh, the franchise scoring leader uh, at another team, uh, a guy that has accomplished a lot in this league, and yet he comes to the Celtics. He's playing with guys who are younger than him, and he has embraced the fact that he's going to be the number three guy in that pecking order, and he's okay with that. In fact, he encourages the, the Jays to be more leadership driven and to take this team by the horns and things like that and that trickles down to other guys that come into this team and who are on the team to understand that you have a job to do do your job and keep and leave it at that if we're going to be successful then we all have to play a specific role a specific part in that and he he gets that and he shows that day in day out and and that's important when you're trying to build up towards something and, and we you know we were talking about this earlier on the garden report you look at the way this team is starting to come together they're more likely than than not they're going to be at full strength right as the playoffs begin and that's exactly what you want uh if you're going to be a team that has visions of making a deep run yeah my my thought on the turning the corner thing um i, I there there's a definite a definite difference in attitude and you, you know as Sherrod alluded to we talked about it but you know uh, Rachel Nichols had said something prior to the game about the team having a meeting and having some hard conversations you can tell um, there's a bit of a mentality shift I think um, and I, I think it affects play um, and you do see I mean it's not a coincidence that all of a sudden you're seeing more ball movement and, and a better defensive effort which means more buy-in more more accountability to one another um, and, and just more getting your teammates involved. And it's always been the number one thing that we've said to everybody, we've said about this team is, you know, they're not going anywhere if it just is the Tatum and Brown show and that's, that's only it. They have to find a way to get everybody involved and to get everybody to buy into to what they need to do. Um, and there's just so many bad efforts throughout the year, just so many games where we're like, is this rock bottom? You know, we just haven't seen those as much. You know, you've seen spurts of inconsistent play early tonight, even a ton of really easy shots. There was a lot of layups. They looked like, you know, but they've snapped it together. Even those games where they've had moments where they've looked like they were lapsing back into bad habits, uh, they, they were able to, 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 to pull it together. And they've had some good comeback wins. They've had some really clutch fourth quarters. I don't think you do all of that without really – um, as as you said, flipping a switch or turning a corner or just you, altering your mindset um, to you know to caring about each other and caring about winning and you know caring about how you play and how you you know your all of the stuff we talked about body language. There's there's definitely something. It, it, it's trending in the right direction. Maybe you can credit part of it to being buoyed by um, you know Danny buying into this season by. I mean, Sherrod, 
at the time, I wasn't sure whether the Fournier was a good move. And the huge reason Danny gave for doing it was I just looked in that locker room and I felt they needed it, you know? Like, and, and Bobby talked about this too. Like, if you didn't if do something, if you didn't do something for them, they'd feel like you also had given up on them. So why should they continue to work? I don't know if that had something to do with it or not, just in terms of a mentality as a player. You talk to these players all the time. You know, trade deadline's always a tense moment because you're worried that you might get dished. But also, you know, when you know you're looking in that locker room and looking around and thinking, like, this isn't enough. We need a little more. And then they go out and get something. What that does for you? Oh, it's, it was huge. I mean, the, the, not only do, you know, we notice that when we're watching them play, that there, there's something off. There, there's there's some something just not right with them. But they notice it, and, and Danny noticed it. Him and I, we, we had a conversation about that, actually, where, you know, he, he noticed that, you know, guys, they, their spirits just weren't where they needed to be. And that was part of the thinking, not all of the thinking, but certainly a factor in, in his desire to try to get some type of deal done and Fournier you know when you look at what they're getting and you look at what they gave up a couple of second round picks it's a no-brainer type of deal um there's very little downside to that and again he recognized that they needed to somehow find a way to bring in some new blood uh some guys who can do some things that you aren't getting done now and Fournier is a playmaker. Uh, we haven't seen much of that due to health and safety protocols, but he's a guy that can score, uh, can make plays for others, can help you kind of jumpstart that offense. And we are we saw what Jabari can do. Uh, with nothing other than a damn walkthrough, he went out there and got you 11 points, and he did that in like his first like 12, 13 minutes on the floor. He's that prolific uh, a scorer. Uh, and the thing that I like about his scoring is that a lot of it comes at the rim. So when you've got Tatum and Brown and Kimba and Smart, you know, working on that, that perimeter three-point game, now you've got a guy whose specialty is getting buckets around the rim. And he's done it his entire career in the NBA. So there's a lot to like about the direction that this team is going and the players that they have uh, in tow now. Certainly it's a better feel and a better fit than, you know, two, three, four weeks ago. Yep, uh, no doubt. And I, I think – you know, you can definitely correlate, I think, some of this play to feeling supported. And then again, some of these conversations that they've had with one another about, you know, this is who we have to be. Um, the uh, our post game show has wrapped up on the other uh, on our uh, on our other uh, platforms. So we are going to have some people. There's more people kind of flooding into the room. I'll just let everybody know um, again. Uh, if uh, make a speaker request and I will. Uh, put you up there. We'll, we'll, we'll get you up on the platform. Just mute your microphone until I call on you. Um, I have uh, Cody right now. Cody, what's happening? What's up, Cody? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Good, man. I uh, didn't really get to on the show because, you know, a lot of things to talk about, but I just wanted to show Pritchard some love. I mean, this guy is just absolutely fearless. I mean, his defense was even pretty solid in the post when he was kind of outmatched, but his energy just matched everything. And we were talking a little bit last week, I think, it was Bobby mostly, but talking about like a tighter rotation come playoff time. And I just think he might've just earned his, earned his spot in the rotation. I mean, his tenacity is just next level. I just wanted to give you the guys the time to talk about him. Well, uh, Jimmy Toscano joined us in the room. I'm going to give him first bite at the apple on the Pritchard stuff. Uh, I will say that last night we did have a conversation, Cody, uh, Latin last night, two nights ago. Uh, Jimmy, is your TV on buddy? Can you mute or, or turn that down? I'm hearing a little feedback. 
Um, we did talk about whether Pritchard was in the circle of trust, so to speak, like one of the core um, eight, really, because if you look at the starters plus Fournier, assuming Rob is still a starter, the starters plus Fournier and Tristan really are the only solid seven, and the question was whether or not Pritchard is entrenched into that rotation. It looked for a little bit, even tonight. Tonight, was he a DNP in the first half or like well deep into it, I think, Sherrod, right? Yeah, I don't think he played much in the first half, if at all. Yeah, so so I don't know if he's a core member of that rotation. I think um, it'll be interesting to see. The other question is whether Parker is. But, uh, Jimmy, your thoughts on uh, on Pritchard and his value slash importance uh, and whether or not he's going to be a trusted part of the rotation heading into the playoffs. Yeah, we actually – this was one of the topics. He that came we in did. to start the second, Cody said. It was, maybe it was just the first he didn't play. But yeah, he didn't get he didn't get run with the first set of subs. That's what I remember. All right, go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry. Yeah, no, it was real quick. We we kind of that was one of the topics that we wrapped our show with. Um, somebody, I think it was uh, a loyal listener, Tom Krill, uh, asked us about Pritchard. I was like, wow, we didn't mention Pritchard once. I don't think the entire show. And um, I, I think it was one of those games where Pritchard sort of took a back seat, except for that one. <laughs> Joe Sway mentioned that one shot he took, like in between the showdown between uh, Tatum and and Curry, but. I do think that he has a role. Um, I, I don't expect him to, to come out like gangbusters like um, Tyler Hero did last year for the Heat. But uh, I do think that he does provide you, uh, you know, serviceable backup guard position. And, you know, Kemba Walker's doing his thing. But I think there's going to be some level of, you know, let's not go 40 minutes a game with Kemba Walker. And, you know, Pritchard has shown that when he is in there, you can do you can do a, a bunch of little different things. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I mean, everyone was in awe of this guy, and I know that since then he's certainly cooled off, and his playing time has been a little bit more sporadic. But I think that's a player that Brad Stevens trusts and puts in the game, so I can see that happening. Uh, you know, as we get later into the season and into the playoffs, there. Yep. Um, those, are some, those are some well, bold shots tonight. He took though. There he were always few does, right? It was like. No, but this was next level. He was, like, trying to match Curry or something. Well, he nailed that 30-footer, but, I mean, he that's one thing, Bobby. You're right. Like, I don't know if this is good or bad if you're Brad. Um, you know you, you know he cringes a little bit when he sees it, but, like, Pritchard can and will, in any situation, pull, pull, pull it from 30 feet or 25, 27 feet. He just does it. Um, and that always – I don't know whether that's necessarily what you want, um, but – if he didn't do that, he wouldn't be the guy who he is. So, I, I mean, I guess I, you, you got to just kind of – I don't think you can have him change. You know, I mean, that's – he is a guy who's not afraid to let it fly. No, he, he, he's not. But and, – and, you know, when the playoffs roll around, the rotations get tighter and players also, particularly young players, get a little bit tighter too. Uh, and so I, I'm curious to see how he's going to handle that situation because he will get an opportunity. There's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of is he going to be able to deliver comparable production and impact that we've seen in a regular season in the playoffs? And I, I think there's a lot of questions about that because, again, it'll be his first go around. No one knows, including Peyton, including Brad, knows how he's going to respond to that. But based on what we've seen thus far, I think you feel pretty good that he's going to handle himself. And remember, unlike a lot of the guys that come into the to the NBA, you know, this isn't a guy that's like, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old who played one semester or went to college for one semester and then he's in the NBA. Uh, so he's been around the block a little bit. And I think that is going to help him from a nerve standpoint, from a, 
just embracing the moment uh, standpoint and, and be someone that the Celtics can rely on as a backup to Kimba. Yo, real quick. How the hell did Sherrod get a green check mark and, and I didn't and Joe Sway didn't and Bobby didn't and John didn't? What the hell? Who do I have to talk to over at locker room to get myself a damn check mark? Uh, you know who else? <laughs> Yo, I know. Of course Jimmy noticed that. You know who yeah, else? I, I, wait, what happened? I don't, I, I'm not even going to tell one. you what my jaw hit the floor when I saw one next to Nick's. It hit the absolute floor. <laughs> uh, well, Joe Atmore. Uh, the uh, check marks, check marks at this point might be. They a don't vanity, mean anything now. I will, I will tell everyone in the don't room. Sweat it, don't sweat it, Jimmy. It's all Jimmy, about the check mark you see in the mirror. Man. Unbelievable. They only mean something to people that don't have them. Sherrod's <laughs> over it already. Come tomorrow. I will tell everybody in the they, room. If it wasn't by their name, they would pass out. They would faint. <laughs> Real Jimmy, quick, if, Jimmy, if it makes you feel any better, Jimmy, I took my little green crayon and put a little check mark next to your name. How's that? See, there you go. Now you got check mark every time he sees your name. You Thank one. you. I would actually ask everybody in this locker room if you could do that as well. Just put a little. <laughs> as long as I stay in that same spot, just put a little green check mark there, and we'll all be good tonight. Just there a quick, go, just a quick, uh, <laughs> quick programming note to the people in the room right now because it is filling up. Uh, please mute when I put you up here. Um, otherwise, I will bump you. And then if I do, just request to speak again. But just make sure you mute until I call on you. Um, and so uh, by all means, like I said, fill up the room, guys. Oh, I shit. Say- Nick, hey, Nick guys, really does I, have a green check. Wow. I appreciate, uh, you know, getting a chance to talk with you guys. I've been watching your show this season. Um, it's pretty fun. I'm, I'm a guy that lives out in the sticks, so I don't have tv <laughs> and get to watch the game so uh, i've really enjoyed watching your breakdown after the games and stuff Thanks, and I, I, you know i just feel like uh you know the the pre-covid you know tatum is a big reason why we felt like they were gonna really have a great season and to see him doing that again like I don't know. It just makes me feel really good about the team because we all know that he's such a great player and to see everybody kind of coming back around. I was totally on the trade Kemba, trade smart, get rid of everybody train there for a while because I was just so frustrated with the team. But it's nice to see them all playing together again. Yeah. Thanks, Luke. Um, Yeah, no doubt, guys. I mean, the Tatum stuff has been uh, a revelation and uh, we talked about him a ton tonight, but you know, I think that's why we get frustrated with these guys because you you know there's another level that they can reach, um, and obviously now that they're kind of starting to get there, uh, I think every everything we'd said or everything we'd felt in the first fifty or so games of the season was somewhat justified because there was there was something missing. But yeah, Tatum, Tatum, you know, we could talk about him all night. He was just yeah, he he, he was a friggin' killer. He's better. He's better than he was even in that February. You look at that February he had a year and a half ago. It was three-point driven, and now we're seeing him get to the rim with dominance. I, I got to emphasize, I said it on the post-game show, but some of those finishes, 
were big man moves, just bumping guys off their spot in the lane, getting it up on that rim and watching it roll down softly. His finishing has gotten so much better. We've talked about his passing. That's getting better. And his ability to get to the free throw line is becoming a massive part of this offensive efficiency boost we've seen in recent weeks. I think this team is sixth in offensive rating since the beginning of the month. And it's shot selection. It's the ability to get to the line. It's him shooting better, too. Uh, that three-pointer from the right wing tonight with such little space there was ginormous. He just has a knack for the moment right now that this team is needed because they've played some close games, and they've they, they've edged out some tough teams over the last few weeks that were coming at them on the other end, and he's just been a little bit better than some of the competition he was going at. So a big, big part of this last you know 10-3 and three resurgence here is just Tatum stepping it up. Stepping it up and, and being the player – that his talent says he is. Um, The the thing about Jason Tatum is is that there's nothing that he's doing that comes as a surprise. And and I say that because he's so ridiculously talented. Uh, When you look at just the different benchmarks that he's clearing for one of the most storied franchises in NBA history, when you talk about the first to 5,000 points, or at least to be this young to get to 5,000 points scored in his career, you look at the all-star appearances, you look at just the way he is a a much better two-way player than I think a lot of people give him credit for being. He is becoming a complete top 10-ish type of player. Is he there yet? I don't think so. I still think that there there are, are guys that are clearly in a different class slash stratosphere than he is. But Tatum is making up ground quickly. Uh, he, he And he's doing it the way I think the, all the really great ones do, and that is by any means necessary. As Bobby pointed out, free throw shooting, the mid-range jump shot, the three ball, uh, attacking and finishing at the rim. Tatum is in his bag and then well, some, and it's it's causing major problems for everyone they face. Let me ask you so guys: was this, it, was this Perk? Was this Bobby, Perkins? Let me ask you guys: is this is this version of Tatum good enough to be an uh, the uh, an alpha on a championship team? And it, whether it might be Perkins, it might also be other things that these guys, as we said, they've been having these uncomfortable meetings pre Perkins criticism. You're welcome, um, Celtics fans. You're welcome. Yeah, but again, right. But is this version- he's young Simba? He's young Simba right now. He's not yeah. big Simba yet. He, has, he doesn't have the base. <laughs> he doesn't have the base in his voice yet. But we see it. Simba. He's getting there. <laughs> exactly. He's still he's still looking up at the sky. He's trying to figure things yeah, out. He hasn't you know? met. He's still he young. Hasn't Simba. met Timon and Pumbaa yet. He's got to find his Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> right, and right. Become a man. He's got to see the light. Right. <laughs> yeah, although it it is feeling like Hakuna Matata on the Celtics right now. I will say that the way that they've been playing recently, everyone's. Uh, so, Everything's honky dory with with the team after a couple. That's your cue, Shiraz. So we've gone from Ubuntu to Akuma Matata. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wow. <laughs> we wow. had to break it down. I like that. I had, had to go a little yeah. ele- a little elementary. <laughs> uh, That's right. Let, He's a younger kid. Like, kind of translates like, to them. That's where we're at now. Damn. Let, let's let's hear from Brian. Brian, what's up? Yes, man? Brian, please. Brian, can, can you guys hear me? What up, right? Brian? Yeah, we yeah. Means no he worries. Sure it was good. Not much, you, boys. Jimmy. Not much. I I thought we played a great game tonight. I yeah. um I I do uh I do want to say I think um we shouldn't be too hyped on the win at the same time that we did look good. Kemba finally is coming into his own. Um, 
The Warriors still without Clay. I mean, they're not going to do anything this year, but next year, I mean, I see them being an easily top five in the West. Um, and without Fournier, I guess we're not at our peak, but I mean, and we didn't have Rob. I mean, those are both huge impact players for us. So, I mean, I don't really, I, I guess my question is, how do you guys like see us playing out this year? I mean, do you think we're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals or do you think we're going to win the first round against the Charlotte Hornets or or the Atlanta Hawks and then get bounced by a Bucks or Sixers yeah. or what have you? Right. Yeah, thanks Brian. Oh, hell. Yeah, Brian, thank you. Um, you know, I do want to say I I we I don't want to downplay the quality of this win. Um, because again, the Celtics were without three of their six best players. Uh, and you know, sure, Golden State and Golden State is playing as well as they've been playing. And Curry's been out of his mind. And Curry had one of his best, had another out out of body experience tonight, and they were able to hold off. So I think this was a really high quality win. Uh, but guys, again, you know, has the conversation changed at all beyond the Celtics getting bounced in the second round? Because again, it's just no matter what, you're running into a brick wall there in that second round. So you've got to be playing outstanding basketball to, to, to get to the conference finals. Well, I think that there's a feeling now that they've got a puncher's shot if they get yeah, to the second yeah. round, whereas I think a month ago it was like, oh, I don't know. They might get swept in the second round um, if they get there at all. I don't think that's the case now. Well, they I, I should not they, be getting swept. Well, uh, the way oh, they were playing about a month ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they were they were they were getting swept material. Uh, now, not so much because they they look like a team that, regardless of who they play, they've got a, they're going to compete and they've got a team that can compete and, and give themselves a chance to win a game or two and potentially if if a, they get a, a certain number of breaks that go their way, could potentially get get out of that. I don't think they will. I, I think that they're, the second round will be kind of the end of, of the road for them this year. But I, I don't feel as strongly about that now as I did a month ago because I do think that there are signs that they are being – they're more built to compete than we've seen all season long. And, and again, if you're a Celtics fan, that's encouraging. I don't know whether it changes or not. I, I, I do think, again, it's, it's matchup dependent. I think if we'll, you, we'll learn a lot this week. If you Nets, smack Suns. into – Bobby, are you still on delay? No, I'm just saying we'll learn a lot this okay. week for sure. This is a big I think week if you you run into Brooklyn um, and in that second round, and I think you're toast. I think that's the only team I don't I don't think you have a puncher shot against them unless unless they unless they have injuries. Um, I do think you do against Milwaukee and and, and to to lesser uh, there. But you're right, Bobby. You got to see them for longer, Bobby. Before you jump in, I just want to tell everybody in the room um, if you if you do request to speak, please. Be on mute when I put you up there because uh, if I, it was somebody who wasn't on mute. It's not a big deal, um, you know. They weren't on mute, all right. They were yeah, on so, something. <laughs> they were on something. It wasn't mute. Yeah, so I swear, you all guys, you have to do is half a second, <laughs> half a second. It's only, it's only one thing that sounds yo, like that. Only one. Yo, we know it. We know it's late, everybody. We get it. But yo, make sure you're on mute. <laughs> Yo, by the way, I just want to say, if anyone had any interest in that Jake Paul fight, he knocked dude out in like ten seconds. Did he really? Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, I didn't even get a chance to illegally stream it. Like the fight was already over. Wow. Yeah, wow. the, the yeah, highlights are call- already up on YouTube. I can't care any less about that guy. 
Well, me neither, thanks, but it's, Bob. it's still a spectacle. It's, I'm he not doesn't saying... care about you either, Bobby. Yeah, yeah freaking, okay, like Boomer, content. Bobby. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Boomer, uh, that guy, uh, YouTube guy. You guys huh? call that a sport? <laughs> uh, let's bring in uh, Soapy. Hey, we know hey, what up, Soapy. Yeah, what up, fellas? You guys can hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you, man. Yeah, yeah. You got, so, the, you got the iPod mic on. I mean, I mean, yeah. loud and clear. The, uh, you the sound podcast. Sound, you sound yeah, I got that. Yeah, I got awesome. that. Uh, that snowball yeah. mic. No, but um, uh, does Grant Williams know where the bodies are buried? Because like. <laughs> How's that dude on the court long enough for for Curry to hit a few threes on him? <laughs> and then second of all, um, I want credit to be given where credit is due. The Celtics are seven and one since a certain someone may have helped Paul Pierce get the axe from ESPN. I don't know what, if you guys want to comment. Yo, say on it that, again, so people can hear it in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Celtics are seven and one since uh, where's Rachel Nichols at from you yours truly? That's true. That is true. Shout out Soapy. He, he he went a little. He went like viral. Yeah, you call it viral with with his. Where's Rachel Nichols at on the Paul Pierce uh, stripper infamous stripper Instagram, which we we won't talk about because we exotic won't, we... dancer Jimmy. Sure, exotic dancer. <laughs> sure, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll go with that. What, what, whatever that last unmuted unmuted video uh, guy was on here, we'll, we'll go with that. But anyways, uh, <laughs> Celtics have been streaking since that. You know. I got, I got to give Sophie a shout out. And yeah, as far as the Grant Williams question, we've been asking that question all damn season. Like, why yeah. is he getting All right, come on. We're going to make it. I've seen a lot of this before. in the chat tonight, too. We were asking this even like while Rob Williams was buried on the ba- bottom of the bench, Grant Williams is getting 30 minutes a game. Like, that's how long it's been going on for. So I think a lot of people tonight are thinking that Jabari is going to blow Grant out of the rotation. And again, Grant didn't have his best game tonight, but he's had a strong month. And all season, he's been knocking down his threes when he's taking them. People are wondering, you know, why does he score two to four points Whoa, a game? I don't think we want to see Grant taking a ton of shots. I mean, he's what, shooting 46% probably from three this year? I, I think he's had a strong defensive uh, month or so. And, you know, when Rob got hurt, him and Tristan got broken up on that bench. That bench unit was allowing like 100 points per 100, which was phenomenal. So he had come a long way this month. I don't think he's going to be out of the rotation soon by any means. In fact, people are going crazy about Jabari tonight. There's going to be matchups where he looks great. There's going to be matchups where he doesn't play. Uh, he's just part of that group there with Romeo Bobby, and for Grant, real, though. Some are going to be good some aren't. Bobby, a real question for you. Uh, Grant Williams yeah. p- plays well and contributes to the cause one out of blank games. Answer that question. No, he's had a good answer month. Answer the question. This is his first you, bad game all Answer month. the question. One out of blank many games, does Grant Williams is he a, a, a positive check mark, a check mark in the in the I, I mean, this column. is the same issue we have with Answer Thompson. the question, Bobby. Like, where, no, it's a simple question. Answer the question. Bobby, Bobby, it's a simple question because it's a Your team. Honor, he this is politician. You're right looking. Now. He's you're, he's an impactful player. Okay, Bob Grant Williams makes an impact one in blank many games that he plays. I think it's like one in seven or eight. So again, <laughs> I was gonna say it's like month. four, but okay. But that's the thing is, why are we talking about a person who is? Moderately effective, one out of five nights. And why are we talking about cutting him from the team when we're not? We, when they picked we, up a guy why, who could barely stay in the league. Why defend someone who is 
a detriment four out of five nights that he plays and, and, and makes a small positive impact occasionally. Why even bother wasting time? Because like, I think people are being way too hard on him. He's had some com- good games over the last couple of weeks very that contributed few. to winning. Let the commenters get, let the commenters have Adam. He doesn't deserve he certainly deserves more criticism than he does to be defended. Hey, I think also I look at a hundred defensive not, rating and I'm very impressed. People aren't saying that context. Greg is destined to fall out of the rotation, Yeah, the context is just, him and Thompson off the bench. They've been phenomenal defensively. Again, yeah, we're but, looking at four points here and everyone's freaking out because he's not a scorer. I'm sorry, not, but people who don't score can have impacts on mo- games. Most, I mean, most, you love Romeo. Most nights, most nights, and people are are dogging him are the nights where he's exposed defensively. Not that he's not the not the zero, right. not the zero. Yeah, but that's the one game score. out of this whole month like, where he's been sensational defensively. I think. The thing about Jabari is he's reminding people of like, man, if Grant could do a little bit of that, or uh, at least on a consistent level. Like, I don't think it's a matter of oh, Grant has to be out of this rotation, or that he's going to find himself, uh, you know. What do, you, what do you call it? Waved or whatever. I don't think that's the case. I just think it's, again, it's a reminder of, man, if, of course, this is a small sample size, but if this is what we're going to see, or at least if, if Greg and the Celtics team could season long, like we just wish we could see that from Grant every single night. But see, here's the, the problem with that thinking, though. He ain't Jabari Parker, and Jabari Parker ain't Grant Williams. So we, we, we shouldn't expect either of them to be like the other. I think what, you, what we're going to see with Grant Williams, I think his minutes will be reduced, uh, they, but he will still play because I think he does have value. I think the problem that a lot of people have is the amount of playing time he, he's getting, not so much the fact that he's playing. Because uh, if you look at like the last like five, six games, Grant Williams' defensive rating has been like tops among guys who play 20-plus minutes a game for the Celtics. So it's not like he's out there from a defensive standpoint – and doing absolutely nothing for you. Um, but again, I him, think him that, and Thompson were a physical duo. They were bothering teams. Right. But but again, I think when you add a guy like like Jabari Parker to the roster, you have to get him on the floor. And I think what's gonna wind up happening is that, you know, the, instead of playing like twenty minutes a game, Grant's probably gonna play like something closer to ten to twelve. And that's okay. That's okay because frankly, I think he can still be effective in a limited amount of time. I, I, I think that's a good point because I do think what what happens is um, it's 25 minutes of Grant means 10 to 12 or 15 minutes of Grant where you're like, please get this guy off the court. And then maybe eight to 10 minutes where you're like, okay, he did some stuff there. So you're right. Is It has to be the right moment and the right, and the right amount of time. But when you're using him for 20 and 25 minutes, it just means he's on the floor a lot of times when he probably shouldn't be on the floor. And so it's not putting him in the best position to succeed. Uh, it, it's the same really with any player. If they're overused or misused or miscast, that's going to happen. So I think that's happening a bit with Grant this year. Just too many minutes. Again, yeah. up, until, up, yeah. until two, uh, uh, up until two weeks ago, he was still averaging more minutes than Rob, which is I'm, just, you know. No, there are I'm plenty so of guys around convo. the league you'd rather have in that position than him. But that's just not the situation on the roster. In fact, they've made the choice that they're going to go with cheaper uh, you know, draft picks like him. So he's had to fill that position, be a big part of the rotation for two years. And honestly, this month, he's starting to look like what he did last year. And last year, I think we were all fairly happy with what he gave the team, even though he wasn't scoring big amounts or 
grabbing a ton of rebounds and doing all this stuff. Like he's just one of those guys that has a more intangible impact on the game. And, you know, he's, he's nine games into a streak here where he's put up positive numbers and I know context, but he's a bench guy. So he's been part of a effective bench unit, even though they haven't scored a ton here. All right, please. I can't do Grant talk anymore. We we deserve better than Grant talk yeah. after this game, please. No, I mean there's just these notions that get thrown around on the show, like Grant's off the team now. Like that's no just more ridiculous. Grant. No more Grant talk. If you say Grant, you you get right. you get you get muted. John mutes from next. If you say the word Grant, you get muted from the rest of this night. All right, next. For once we can make it into a drinking game. What up, That'd Franklin? Be... Franklin, what's up? All right, what's up, guys? Don't say um, the word. Don't I'm say not the gonna, T word. I'm not gonna say the word. But that's not my main point. I got my I finger just... on the trigger, buddy. So I'm right. just okay. All right. About number twelve. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think. I think. <laughs> I think his um, his role, his expectation is too high, and his role is too big. But that's not my main point. Okay. Main Ooh, point you're on. Thin, you're you're walking a thin rope right now, bud. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about Kimba. Okay. We'll allow it. I, I want to tell y'all, do not fall in love with Kimba. Every good game. Detach your love for Kimba. I just wanted to tell you he's not the future. Until Celtics get rid of Kimba, they can't be taken seriously. Because wow. you're going to pay $34 million for a guy who most likely going to be bitching up here because he get targeted too much. Once, like, it's like, he's too streaky. You can't pay $34 million for streaky. I don't, I just, and he's five, He's like 5'10". So, quick question for you. If Frank, if Franklin, would you, let's pretend... We, we he didn't make thirty four million, and let's pretend he existed, and he was the player who he currently is, and he made. Let's pretend the, it's baseball, and, and he made the veteran, <laughs> and, and he made the veteran minimum. Uh, how do you feel about him? Because right now, at this point, we have to remove salary from the Kemba Walker discussion because it, yeah. it, it does it doesn't affect what happens on the court. Because it's like it's hard to not look at it. like if he if all right if he made like twenty million dollars a year, it wouldn't look that bad. But it's like he's your max guy. But there's nothing but, we can do about yes. that now. So you gotta you gotta just deal with the the basketball player that Kemba Walker currently. Is. And the ba- the basketball part of it is like the worst part. Because <laughs> the other day <laughs> it gets worse. The other day is like you know it, it's not even a playoffs and the Timberwolves are targeting Kemba. D'Angelo Russell doesn't post up anybody, but he decides I'm gonna post up Kemba because he sucks so bad on defense. That's why I like he can't be on the team. Yeah, I mean they, they, they could have Patrick to, Beverly. I mean, I don't think that would be better. That so you're looking, you're looking for, a, you're looking for like a defense or pass first type guard. You don't, you don't want Kemba taking shots away from Jalen like, and Jason. Is ideal, that what you're saying, pretty much? Yeah, like it'll be better if they had somebody like Malcolm Brogdon. Oh best. my God, I agree like, with you 100. percent Yeah, there. but I mean, I, I keep seeing like, these ideas uh, tossed. Thank you, Franklin. Thank you for Thanks, joining Franklin. us, buddy. I agree yeah, with that's you a there. Good point. But, We've had. Frankly, but, like, what kind of conversation is yeah. that? It's not either or. The, the Pacers would say no to that in two seconds. It's not. We don't need to have that conversation. We're not uh, having the conversation. Is, what he's just saying, that that type of a guard is what would be the yeah, perfect fit. Yeah, we're not. But it just does, that's not how you design. You don't start a team from zero and just build it in one year. But like it's, you a, have, you it's irrelevant. You pieces at, at it. It's irrelevant at this point. Yeah, well, we know that. Right. The, we know that everything's the, irrelevant. The I see people the, saying Kemba for Lonzo too. That was never a possibility. I, it's not, but that's not the point, Bobby. They're basically saying we'd be better with a guy like this. Okay, that's and all you they're would saying. Be. They're not. Yeah, saying they'd be better with LeBron than Tatum. I understand. That's the point. Is Kemba Walker's a guy you invested <laughs> in? 
and people wish he was a different player. That's literally all they're saying. What I'm saying back to them is you can't wish away the contract and you can't do anything about it. So at this point, you just got to live with what Kem- what Kemba does do for you and figure out whether that's good enough. It's just the, the salary is an irrelevant part of this. I think right now people are not saying trade him for Alonzo. They're saying we'd be, the Celtics would be better with Alonzo Ball than Kemba Walker right now. And I don't, I don't disagree with that. Sure. But you know what? <laughs> like, like, you know, it is what it is. Like, this is your team. So you better learn to like them because you're going to either win with them or lose with them. You're not getting rid of Kemba Walker. We, we talked about that at length on the Garden Report um, before this. And I understand he's not the perfect player, but he's a hell of a lot better than a lot of other options out there. And I think there's going to be games where, and there That's has been the games point. where he's, where he has saved the team because there are a lot of games this year where not both Jalen and Jason showed up and Kemba Walker had to, had to be the guy. Um, and I think that there are going to be, uh, there's going to be a time, whether it's in the playoffs or not, but some, sometime soon where he's going to step into that role of the go-to guy down the stretch and, you're going to hear a lot less of the Kemba hate. He's making the money he's making. That's how it's going to be for the next two seasons after this. And like John said, people just have to get past that because that's not going to change. Who else we got? You guys want more people or anyone else want to, want to jump in on the Kemba, Kemba train here? Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move Let's on. Let's move on. All right, Joe Sway with us? Let's bring in Anas. Joe who? Yeah, he's wow. Oh, he is. It's not he 10 o'clock starting. Okay, this is about, Jimmy, you can't this say is that. about you were, the people. You were too. This is about the people. Oh, hell yeah. Bring people in here. I, well, I, Anas, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Thank you. What's, what up, what's man? going on? You got to hear these clowns for an hour. Yeah, man. Okay. got a new voice. In. Wow. I have an interesting Kemble Walker trade story. <laughs> We were yeah, trying. This is all Shira. I I will not say a thing. I'm just gonna let Bobby rage against this. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is gonna be a little controversial. A little. But let's just say you get bounced in the second round, and Danny Ange is like, oh, I need to change something up here. Would you entertain some version of Kemba out, Russell Westbrook in? Ooh, that's, that's juicy. That's juicy. I can tell yeah. you that John is. That I'm sorry, Arthur, I said I was... That I, Arthur meme of clenching your fist was John right now, not I, being allowed to talk, and it lasted one I, second. I said I wasn't going to speak, but for the love of God, no. And I, okay, Besides you, James you, Harden, I think that's probably what, number two on your... The, the players you can't uh, stand the well, most? I can't, I can't watch Harden play because I hate the style, but I respect the game. Russell Westbrook, I, I can't even begin... Like he has a triple double, like, and it's a detriment to his team. Like he's just—he makes more money too, uh, way more I money. Want, I can't even do it. So you, no thanks. I'll pass. Yeah, I mean, he can't shoot. He's basically playing center for that team. Um, you well, know, huge here's... contract. No more flexibility. Probably less flexibility. He can pass a little better. That's what you would get out of that. But I think the detriments are worse. What about that but attitude? Defense, so, Bobby, probably. I mean, the attitudes was. Well, I just don't think he makes teams better. I yeah. mean, I, I think he's a hell, he's a hell of a player, mm. hell of a player. Uh, and if we if we're playing a game of pickup and he's like available, hell yeah, I'm going to pick him up. But this ain't pickup. This is this is like team basketball, and I just don't think he does enough to make his teammates better. Uh, I don't think he shoots the ball well enough to where 
he is a legit perimeter threat. He's a scorer, not a shooter. There, there, and there is a clear distinction between the two. I just, I, I, I would have a lot of problems with him. And the other thing too, how do you think he's going to mesh with Tatum and Brown? If you, if you went that route, yeah. I mean, balls th- that's... in his hand all the time. Exactly. Class, exactly. class, class. I just think there's there's two. If you were to bring him in, you're going to probably lose one or both of those guys sooner rather than <laughs> they, they realize out. they can't play with him. Jalen's checking out. <laughs> yeah, that that would be, that'd be a tough too. locker room addition. I think if you if you take out Kemba and you add Westbrook, man, that is like polar. It feels like a I polar opposite one, type. Jalen Jay, would, would be saying no comment for every single question after. Yeah, game. that has that's got. Well, here's the thing about Westbrook. I mean, I don't think he's a bad dude. I mean, I, I think he has a, a no. lot of the same issues that I think Kyrie has as far as what he's trying to convey doesn't come out as clear as it can be because he's overthinking the process of getting his messages out. But to me, outside of that, I just don't think it's a good basketball decision. Because, again, yeah. I don't think he meshes with, with your current superstars on your team. And I don't think he's going to be willing to make the kind of changes to his game that you would have to make in his shoes if you're going to make this work. Like James Harden in Brooklyn, he has clearly tweaked his game so that he can play well with Kyrie, so that he can play well with Durant. Is Russell willing to make those same sacrifices to play with Tatum? It's possible. How about Who's a better defender? Who's a better defender, though? So, I mean, Jimmy, I think there is a way you can look at this, too, where it does make sense. Um, and just to play devil's advocate a little bit, like sure. the passing would unlock quite a bit. Uh, the size is a significant upgrade, and then the defense for sure. Plus, just that fiery intensity. I just think he takes it in that aspect so far, though, to where he's turning it over eight times, uh, taking crazy shots in the lane in crunch time, and dominating the ball like a maniac. Like this is this is positives to him for sure. I think he's actually probably become a little underrated. Um, due to his perception that's just taking a tank. But I don't know, though. There is a lot to hate there, too. You know who's a, a big call. Westbrook fan? He can't shoot, and Perkins. the turnovers big are Perk. terrible. Yeah. Big Perk is a, is a Westbrook fan, and, and, you know, Perkins has a lot of say in this Celtics team. <laughs> Joking, but... Um, okay. I, I mean, Would the right. Wizards say it, yes? It, it's a No, they wouldn't. Yeah. What's his deal? So what's Westbrook's contract, Stitch? They both they both have two more years. What forty two and forty four million? Yeah. yeah. So it's and, just uh, strictly it's like strictly 36. a personnel type move then. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it would be like the Wall Westbrook trade. Okay, well, guys, who's in the might, background there? Is that might, Nick Delivery? <laughs> it's not me. Jesus. Um. All right, let's bring in uh, Griffin. Hey guys, what's going on? What's what up, up, Griffin? Hey, hey, so um, I think with the um, spark the six game win streak, I think uh, back when the media called out the players, I think it lit a fire under the guys. Honestly, especially the days. <laughs> media, you, you keep, say you keep going. I mean, <laughs> yeah, for like Tatum, I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, there was like a was a couple post games ago, and Brown said, "Bring out the best versions of ourselves with him and Tatum." They just started playing better like that. Like Tatum going to the basket all the time now. That's just that's when he's at his best, going downhill, I think. Yeah. And opens up the shooting game. Hey John, maybe they're so, quoting uh how much you make fun of So Griffin, we, we said I, this on, on our <laughs> YouTube show. 
what we pretty much said was, you know, there's there's a lot of people that were calling out these players, and I I think that you know eventually you hear it from enough people, you 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 have no choice but to look at yourself and, and figure out, you know, what's going on here, what can we do to to turn this thing around. So I think they were forced to look at each other and say, you know, we have to turn this around now, or it's we're going to be too. It's, well, t- tonight's a great example of that, right? Because we've owed so much of this turnaround to Rob Williams starting, and rightfully so. But the last two nights, he hasn't been out there. Tristan's had to move up, and they've gotten a little bit thin. Here we Especially go. tonight with Jalen out. Uh, no, I'm not doing the Tristan thing. Can we, thing. Do, I'm can just we saying. do this agenda free, please? No, I'm not, I'm not even doing that. I'm just saying he had to move up. They had a good bench unit going with him that got broken up. And, you know, Jalen tonight, especially going out, I thought there was no way they were going to win tonight without Jalen, Fournier, and Rob. But they're still you know, adjusting, finding, you know, their roles and – playing the right way and I, I I just think the offense in particular looks so smooth is moving the ball so well finding each other making each other better and so like we, we've talked about like adjustments in terms of lineups that have made a massive difference but I think tonight more than anything showed like the individual adjustments but do you think response to criticism played a role 100 percent Yes. You just hear how they talked about it. it. Isn't that interesting? I mean, not it, this isn't in a credit-seeking sort of thing. It is interesting where, like, it's almost like you would never want to admit as a player, like, yeah, we heard it and we wanted to shut the critics up and therefore what they did was good for us, you know, because it's like most players are like, these idiots don't know what they're talking about, so the criticism doesn't matter. And that's what Brad said the other day is like, there's no real reason to listen to it because most analysis, you know, ho- you know, talk shows and blah, 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 you know, they're not hitting on stuff deeply. If you're a basketball player, you know what's really happening. But in their case, the reason I think it did hit, hit a nerve is because it wasn't about X and O basketball and it wasn't what they were doing. It was all of the stuff like, you know, Tristan. Uh, you know, you're off the court screwing around. You're, you know, not liked or, in the room. Or it wasn't anything sul- to do. Tatum, you're sulking and pouting, and we see it, and it's having a negative effect. You guys aren't looking for your teammates. You're, you're, you're playing hero ball. All of that right. stuff. All of that stuff does not require you to have a PhD. You know, to, you know, in in, in 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 basketball to understand that. And I actually think that's why it hit them hard because they're like, oh yeah. I, I probably shouldn't sulk like that. It's not like, you know, you try to criticize something that Bill Belichick did and like nobody frigging understands football well enough to be able to make those determinations. So it's almost laughable when people in the media talk about that with this stuff, it was really stuff that almost everybody could plainly see. Um, and it, you know, kind of resulted in this little attitude adjustment. Right. But I don't think it's like a bad thing though. It's like, Oh, well, why are they even talking about this? Like you shouldn't need someone to, to get you all fired up. Well, if that's what it takes and if, and if they want to be, you know, in front of cameras talking about it, then so be it. Just make sure you back it up. And that's exactly what they're doing. Uncomfortable you know? conversations, Josue. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Those are the ones that you, stuff gets done after that. And you see progress yeah. after that. And, and people, they've maybe one of them said something that, They've been dying to say for weeks. They finally got it off their chest, and all of a sudden they're, they're, play, they're scoring 53 points. I don't know. Not to say I, it was Tatum, but this, whoever it was. I think this year is different, too, in the sense that you're not going out after games and you're not doing all the stuff in your life that you normally would be where you'd be able to tune out most of this after games and the next day and that kind of stuff. I mean, guys just have their heads buried in their phone at home. 
to reaches in a different kind of way than it does in different years, I think. So in some way that probably was a benefit for this team. And we, we know they've heard it throughout the year. Like the, when Brad was under fire, the way he was, we knew it was getting to him. I so mean, Danny came out, Danny it. had to come out and like do a, you know, Brad's not getting fired. He, Brad had, Danny had to throw himself on that grenade. He came out, yeah. he did two interviews with the Globe and the Herald and a radio tour just to back up Brad um, when, when the heat started getting, uh, when, when it really started getting hot there. Hey, that he was did, wild. Shit, he did, one, he did one with Sherrod too for BSJ. He, he, he basically offered himself up like, I got to set the record straight on some stuff. And he, and he said, it's not Brad's fault, right, Sherrod? Yeah, and, and, and I, I, you know, he's kind of right though. Because, I mean, the issues that this team had were with the roster. Um, and guys weren't healthy, and they, they weren't deep as they needed to be at some critical positions. And I don't think it's a coincidence that guys have gotten healthy and they've tweaked the roster a little bit, and now, lo and behold, they're actually a, a pretty good team. Um, Danny, he, I, I think Danny was the first one in, in that, that whole orbit of the Celtics to acknowledge that he had to be better at his job. And I, I think it took the players a little while to kind of catch on that, you know, we got to be better too. And so yeah. that's part of being a leader. Uh, and no, that's a great you, point. And, and he was and, hearing the noise too. Yeah, and and so you know, I, I give I give Danny credit for for hearing the sounds of of just frankly flatline play and 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 roster and making some changes. And and yeah. he realized that he didn't have to make these old this huge dramatic, uh, you know blow this thing up and start from scratch type changes but he needed to he needed to change the dna of this team um he needed to get guys in here who brought something to the table that they did not have and when you look at this roster clearly they needed guys who could score coming off the bench so what did he do he got a guy like fournier for two second round picks which is nothing uh who is a big time playmaker who can who is a high teens low 20 point per game score uh, it, when he's in a starting role. Then you add a guy like Jabari Parker, who the only thing that you can count on him like clockwork is he's going to get buckets. Uh, forget, Don't talk to me about defense. Don't talk to me about anything. He's going to get buckets. Anything else he gets beyond scoring is gravy. So he's made those two moves, and you add a guy like, you know, uh, Bobby's boy, Cornette, um, who nice, nice he, piece. Is he, he, he is who he is. Um, but what the thing that I, I look at when you're talking about adding he, guys, he's, inter, he's integral. Oh, enter who, what? Um, anyway, <laughs> when you add guys who, you know, are going to be coming off your bench, who are not part of your core, there has to be something special and unique that they bring to the table. Uh, Fournier, it's his ability to score and make plays, you know, with, uh, Parker, it's the ability to score with Cornette. It's the ability to knock down three ball as a seven foot two center. That's how you build a team that can give you some And to block shots standing up, which you did four times the other night, which was pretty good too. Um, I'm so happy they bought into this team because there was a sense around it midway through the year, should you even upgrade this group? Are they just kind of worthless? But you saw they were going through some stuff. They had some pieces missing. They went had some level of internal turbulence that they ended up getting through. And it was let, worthwhile to buy into this team. Yeah, I mean, let it be known that this season turned around when the Celtics... That's kind of BS, Bob. When the Celtics acquired Luke Cornett. <laughs> Bobby, you kind of look like Luke Cornett a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, that's complete, total BS that Bobby just spewed there. I mean, they, <laughs> everything they, nothing they did at the deadline has contributed to what's gone on here. I mean, it's yes, all it internal. Has. No, it's, it's all internal, Bobby. It's all, the, the, the main players on this team have finally pulled their heads out of their collective asses and decided to play team basketball together and stop playing me first, stop playing one-player mode, stop, you know, pointing the finger, saying, we got to do this, we got to do that. And they all had Joe Sway's uncomfortable conversation like we've talked about today. Yeah, that's the and most important playing, thing. Yeah. And now they're playing like the team that everyone thought that they should have been playing But, but like, Jimmy, to, to be season. To be fair, Jimmy, what he's saying is, and this is what we talked about earlier, the buy-in. the complexion of the roster and well, the buy-in, well, yeah. But they have, they've made nominal contributions to this point. Yeah, Fournier, My point Fournier, is, Fournier hasn't even played yet. Right, I mean, they've made no, nominal. They moved actual... Robin to the starting lineup with it. That was a, another adjustment that was made. They needed to do that. They could, not... have done, they could have done that uh, yeah. separate from But this. they weren't. But I, what Bobby was saying, I think, is that. Yeah, they didn't they, blow it up. There was, so buy, there was buy-in from ownership that this team can still compete so we're going to get you help. When you don't get help, when you don't give a team help. That's exactly what Ainge said. He said, I felt like I had to make a move. I owed it to the coach. I owed it to the team. And in that case, I believe it. Before you guys jumped on, someone asked that. And I do believe that that – I didn't at the time, and I do believe it now. That Ainge, uh, when he said it, I was like, he, oh, he really? brought them into the year with an incomplete team. Yeah, it was like, it was inexcusable. It would have been inexcusable not. to do nothing. But also said he's looking around the room and he's looking at people and they're down and dejected. And he's like, I, I, I was afraid to lose these guys forever if we didn't do something. And it, so, I mean, for him to say that and for him to do it has to mean he thought it was getting pretty bad. So he felt, so I do think in that regard it helped. But you're right, Jimmy. Right now they've each very, the, the big shift is, Tatum being the best vert, you know, I mean, I don't want to use it again, but Tatum being friggin' awesome. Yeah. Kemba he's playing better. Yeah. The way he plays. I mean, yeah. we've talked about how he's attacking the rim. He's being aggressive and all this yeah. stuff. I mean, I don't know. I mean, by Danny Ainge not trading Marcus Smart or not taking a step back at the deadline, did that signal to the guys that he believed in them? I, I don't know. I mean, no, but that's standing Pat would have too. I don't know. Again, I mean, nothing's again. Like he made the move for Fournier. Fournier's played like three games. A lot of this stuff, and they is... were blowout wins that started this whole streak. Okay. Uh, very quickly, just want to let everybody know in the chat. Um, I've had a couple of people come up or join us recently. Please, when we put you up to speak, mute, uh, and then we will get to you as soon as we can. I promise. Um, so when I put you up there, just mute your mic and then I'll call on you, uh, and, uh, and you can join in. I, I think, uh, Isaiah, are you there? Uh, we don't have Isaiah. I'm going to put somebody uh, else over there. We'll, we'll get him back. We'll get him back. All things Celtics. Hey, what's up guys? Uh, what's happening? Hey, it's Fournier. Yep. Um, so first thing. Jose, come on, fix your Wi-Fi. Um, second thing. <laughs> first Daddy. off, first off, it's Joe Sway. <laughs> okay, you so, can't clown him and get his name wrong. Right, you can't clown true. him and get his name wrong. So that one, that one's off the board. Um, we'll give you, a, we'll give you a redo on that. We'll give you a redo. <laughs> Jose, there you go. Good job. Right. You're up. What do you got? Close. I don't know if you guys heard. Um, Danny's going to be commentating on the Bulls game on Monday. Really? I didn't hear that. Oh, he's going to be on the broadcast? Yeah. 
They do they do that like once a year. That'll be fun. That's great. I like when Smart goes on too. Those are always good times. Yeah. I hope uh, Scary, Scale doesn't bury him. <laughs> all, th- all things Celts. You have any uh, comments or que- comments on tonight's game or anything Celtic related or any questions? The Brad Stevens disrespect has to stop. Oh. Ooh. Why? Why? Okay. All right. First off, everyone says like he's one of the worst coaches. Like he brought. Nobody the... says that. I right, like the fake fans though. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So, um, he brought us to the Easter Conference so many times. It's honestly just annoying. And that Gary Media guy, he's one of the worst <laughs> people ever. Sanger, <laughs> the yeah. Gary Media guy. Like how you know, did he like Gary get I love it. That's his new name, Gary Media guy. <laughs> Perfect. I bet you like, would love that. The Celtics fans could take his job. Like this guy just says every negative comment you can think of, bro. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people look at this team in this city from a distance, a (laughs) deep distance, and just can't. Thank you, all things. A lot of of the stuff that comes when it comes to Brad is like very minimal things, like bench changes and starting lineups and late game, you know, ATO calls. Like it's it's hard to grasp those things from a distance, like I think a lot of people do with this team. And the nice guy, we've talked about this a lot this year, the nice guy persona with him, I think hurts a lot of people who – come in and look at the you know they want to see a more intense guy smashing clipboards and stuff like that but we said it all year that wasn't him i mean him changing that was not going to be what was going to get this team to respond you're right it was trading for luke Cornette. it was it was it was it was brad <laughs> trading tice away so i mean danny i mean Fournier came in so, and had four good games so brad could finally start rob that's what it was Cornette. <laughs> Cornette walked in. You know what happened? Cornette walked in the locker room, and the guys around said, "You know what? We got a chance. We believe now." Yeah. And as as soon as then, he walked in, they all just looked at each other and nodded. You know, they, they got on his back. They were like, "Yes, this is the yes. missing piece. We did it." Um, let's bring in Cornette, Jeffy. not Cornier. I combined Fournier and Cornette, which would be a pretty good player. But I'll take yeah. one right now. Uh, Jesse, what's up? What's up, y'all? Appreciate y'all letting me in, chopping it up with us. I enjoy it. Um, big fan. Oh, we of the love show. it. Like listening to y'all a lot. Been harassing Thanks, Bobby on his Twitter lives. It's cool how y'all let us talk and uh, become part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay. So my question's about. I'm the biggest green teamer there is, but obviously you don't feel good about this team like being a real contender. And I think the way we can become a contender is either if Jalen and Jason just go to a different stratosphere. If we pull a trade for a big time guy like Cat or Beal, or if we add three legit three and D guys, two to three legit three and D guys that can really produce points and defensive stops. And my question about that is involving our draft picks for the future. Y'all were clowning my guy Bobby around the trade deadline about how many first round picks he was willing to offer up. <laughs> so my question is outside of trade value, what what do the picks even have value to you guys at this point? Because we have our young guys locked in. Do we really need to draft players at this point for the next few years? Well, yeah, it's less. It's, be, I hope they I, don't pick a player this year. It's I less really about don't. that. It's, it's less about that. The issue is, first off, you're never trading seven first round picks because that's gonna that's gonna affect right, you. That's, that's gonna affect you 14 years into the future because you're gonna trade them for every Not other. Not never. There's situations where you do. Okay, never. Never. I'm never. Ha- also, I'm never having this conversation again. You're never trading seven first round picks. It's never happened. 
It's never happened. So this number this cat's this cat and Beal stuff that Gerard's talking about is not going to happen because that's what it costs now. Number two, okay. Would not cost the now. reason the reason they have value to you is because they have no value to anyone else uh, because they're they're lower picks. That is not true. Oh my God, Bobby, do you like the picks or not like the picks, man? Some teams uh, see are, them. Are, this is the uh, this is the Clippers thing. The Clippers don't have any picks for years. The Rockets love picks right now. The Thunder are dying to get picks. There's a lot of teams out here that are packing picks up, and you can get good stuff for them. Look at the two moves that define so the offseason. So other teams can get good no, stuff. No, let me finish. Other let me teams finish. can get good stuff for the teams. Celtics picks, but the Celtics can't get good stuff for their picks is what you're saying. Well, look at what Philly did. Philly transformed its depth off a first-round pick to the Thunder. The Clippers transformed their roster outstanding picks to the Clippers. And then you look at um, what, uh, the you know, the Warriors got a rotation piece from Oklahoma City in that sense. Like, a lot of teams make great moves of the offseason and of the deadline just by flipping a first-round pick or two. And the fact that the Celtics still have seven, I mean, you seriously want to add an, another Aaron Neesmith to this group for next year. It'll be inexcusable if that's what so they do. So, again, another, okay. team wa- another team wants to add Aaron Neesmith but the Celtics don't. No, some teams do. That's where they're at. What, how is this logical? If, if the picks have value to another team, then they have value to you. Teams are in different places in terms of their progression. The Celtics have absolutely no need for any more young talent. That here's why you're wrong. Here's, here's why you're wrong. Is because look at this current roster. The young guys on this team might not – be on this team right. in a year or two. So y- you do have a reason to, to take another draft pick because you might actually pick somebody worth a roster you spot, have no which is money. unlikely. Or you can go spend. get a veteran who can contribute. You don't like have Fournier. money. You don't have money. Right, that's you're, the other thing. Money. You, you get a guy on a rookie deal and you keep him under control for four years at a low price. That's how you go from a great team to a championship team or a good team to a great team. I got one Those more quick picks. question if I can butt in here. Go for it. Um, so, I, first of all, I agree with Bobby. I think that's been a huge pitfall of the Celtics, and that's why our, our season's been so underwhelming because we our picks turned into uh, main players. But uh, also, why not go off after Austin uh, Austin Rivers? Is he still out there? Austin I Rivers. I feel like he might have got picked up. I'm not sure though. I don't know. I don't, Either way, I don't. I don't think it'd be a huge. Deal. Austin Rivers had a cup of. Didn't didn't he have like a like a day in the Celtics uniform and they oh that's right put... <laughs> yeah I just don't think there's that there's that interest there I just don't I mean who would know Austin Rivers more than Danny Ainge I mean obviously Doc Rivers was coaching this team as Austin Rivers was you know coming up as a kid and then he went to college did a year in Duke should have done more years at Duke and well, he's well, had Danny an up and down Austin career I mean remember uh, that, Austin that, Rivers is on the Nuggets I think yeah he traded yeah, for him he's, did, he's did he even play though Nugget which makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. With Jamal, with Jamal being, been, you know, with Jamal's injury, if I'm Austin, I'm definitely that's where I want to go. Um, I don't. I, 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 Austin's a hard one for me to, to kind of get get down with because I think he's a decent player, but he's not. I, I've never felt he was like a needle mover, like someone that if I add him to the mix, all of a sudden my team is complete now. I never, never felt that about him. Not, he's not a bad player. But he was a good fit in one. Houston where they just stack shooters on the floor and that's all they care yeah. about. He hit right. corner threes and all that stuff. I don't know. But, uh, I don't the, know if the Celtics are kind of the opposite. They, they kind of like wing defenders and stuff, which is actually why I was, 
I was really blown away when they signed Parker, but um, it got off to a good start tonight, and that's probably their last move this year. Uh, I don't think there's too much flexibility beyond well, that. Well, look, where, where, where he began his comment was this. It was, uh, just to go back to what Jesse said, in order for them to get to where they need to go, either Tatum and Brown make a leap, you trade for Beal or Cat, uh, or you get three 3-and-D three guys, okay? Um, the the second two are very hard to do or unlikely, so really your only path to contention is the, the, the ascension of Tatum and Brown into that next stratosphere. That's when we we devolved into the seven picks thing. I don't think seven picks alone gets you friggin' cat. I, I don't know whether it does or doesn't, but regardless, you know, you need some salary to match there too, so you've got to move something uh, around, but I, the, the, the path to success for this team is the guys that they currently have most likely becoming Just, better I mean, players. Wh- why would you keep on? Why would you keep your picks when you can get better by moving? Them? I don't believe seven picks. Al- First of all, again, you're no, you not could tra- trade one pick for a good guy. You're not trading seven, but even if you trade three, you need to trade three and something. Like every team out there doesn't just want picks in the low twenties. They want picks and young players. The problem, the reason the Celtics can't swing deals is because they don't have young, attractive players. That's why they failed on Vucevic. That's why they'll fail on anything in the. Well, then you got to give up more picks. That was my point. But that's the point: is you're not going to trade that far into the future with your picks because it's that's scary as hell because those picks are going could potentially be five years from now eight years from now ten years you can't see into your crystal ball 14 years into the future to trade seven picks away it's insane it's never been done it's unlikely to get done unless you were doing it for such a mega deal that you're getting a lebron level star you're not doing it for a vucevic you know it's just not it's just it's not it's a very unlikely scenario but sure, would they trade three first-round picks for for a superstar? Of course they would. Four, three with pick swaps. Of course they would do that. You know, that, that's no question about it. That just that's alone isn't getting it done, because I think they tried. I mean, they couldn't they they, they couldn't get a whiff of the top-tier players here in the trade market because they don't have anything behind those picks to give up, and the picks alone yeah. aren't good enough. Yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about Rob's value, but uh, it's just not there yet around the league, it seems like. So as far as player assets go, like you're saying, you're 100% right. And that's the problem. I think role, I think Rob's look, looked at as a role player at this point, and he's not, he doesn't have enough value. Neesmith doesn't have it. Romeo doesn't have it. So I, to me, the picks are lottery tickets. I mean, how many times are you going to whiff on a 14 or a 15 before you hit one of them? You're, you're, hoping, <laughs> you're hoping one of three, you know? Yeah. They might have already used it on Roger all their luck there. <laughs> yeah. We need to check in. This is the portion of the night we check in to see how long ago Josue went to sleep. Um, Josue, are you it's there? It's incredible. This was an 8.30 start. He's gone. Uh, he's gone. He's gone. He's he gone. I'll be honest. I, I'm going to be believe, gone soon, too. I, I believe Sherrod's still here. <laughs> we're, yes, we're go- Sherrod, Sherrod is still here. We're going to wrap it up with a couple more people. We still have a full room, and people were arriving. Uh, We're still over 100 right now. We're going strong. We bought in George. Uh, Is there still a line outside, Jimmy? Yeah, I had to turn a couple dorks away. Other than that, we're we're letting most people in. George, what's up? What's up, boys? Um, Great win tonight. What's up, George? What's up, George? Um, Welcome back, Jimmy, by the way. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a little different time over here. Yeah. Yeah. 
you guys were talking about, I know you've kind of like, you're going to boot anyone who mentions his name, but you were mentioning this guy, Grant Williams. I checked out, <laughs> I did my I did my best um, Jimmy Toscano impression and watched some YouTube highlights. That guy looks good. Oh, my God. Um, so, play him 35 minutes. Play him 35 minutes. Why not? No. Nah, um, yeah, great win tonight, six in a row. Um, I think it's important to, you know, just, I think like some people obviously, you know, get excited you know, play, playoffs coming up. I think it's important to to just stay a bit grounded one mm-hmm. game at a time. Um, but I think I missed the first half. I actually slipped in today. Um, but anyway, um, I think it was – I mean, Tatum was obviously brilliant tonight. But there was one – there was a couple of plays there in at the end of the third, I believe, where Tatum hit a great uh, – like a, a really tough three. Um, and then Curry came the other end like five seconds later and just – you know, did his thing. Another, he hit a three, and and Tatum was coming up with the coming up the floor, and you're thinking, geez, is he just gonna is he just gonna chuck one as well? And then he he went to the to the ring and um, to the rim, and then he the defense collapsed, and then he just dropped it off to another player and laid it in. And I thought, geez, that was such a good play, and and it really speaks volumes of how he's improving. I feel like at this stage, he's, we see him improve like almost every game. Um, Obviously, he had to take a lot more responsibility tonight. But, I mean, you know, like, do you guys obviously see there's still so much room for improvement for him. Like, he only got to the line, like, very late tonight. Um, I thought he could have been a bit more aggressive earlier on when I was watching. But, I mean, you know, how much how much room for improvement does he honestly have? Like, what do you guys think? Uh, guys? You know, like anyone, like it's fine. <laughs> I'll let anyone go. Who wants George? To- <laughs> George, repeat that one more time. Not the whole thing, just does, that last no, part. No, he just said, does Tatum have another level? Um, so we all we all think that Tatum Tatum came into the year as like fringe top ten guy, and I think we all think that he has the capability of being a top three to five guy. I mean, he's he's only what twenty two. And typically guys don't really hit their peak until, you know, 26, 27. So I totally think that he has another level. And I think we've seen it in spurts now. He won't ever hit that level until he consistently attacks the basket like he's starting to do. We know he's got that wet outside shot. We know that he can, you know, we know he can get to the line too. He just chooses not to do it a lot. Sometimes he falls too much onto that fadeaway. He gets into that like Paul Pierce zone. Um, where he just wants to take that, you know, step back, fade away, use his height um, over defenders, which is great. But I think if he really starts to attack the basket, then he will find himself in that top echelon of, of players. I really do think he can. It's it's all about the passing, the ball control. There's never going to be a time, and I know people want to allow him to focus on his scoring and what he's best at and this and that, but for him to reach the top of the game, He's got to run the offense. He's got to do everything with the ball in his hands. So he's got to cut down the turnovers, and he's got to raise his level of you know, quality passing, setting other guys up with great looks, all that kind of stuff. He's just scratching the surface with that. In fact, I never even thought we'd see him do that in his career, looking back on his college days and stuff like that. I, I saw like short roll passing ability with him and secondary playmaking, but primary playmaking – He's flashed a great deal with it, and he still has a long way to go with it. I, I don't know how far he gets with it, but ha- be, having a more well-rounded game than just a score well, is essential. Think of the pressure. Think of the pressure yeah. he draws, John. Someday he's going to be able to get like seven, eight assists every night. 
he should because he's. I mean, look, look at what LeBron does. You know, I mean, I, I, he's a ridiculous comp because he's one of the best passing, you know, uh, you know, forwards, uh, you know, uh, ever. But you have to just you got to recognize that double and that trap coming quick and swing it, even if you're ending up with the hockey assist there. Uh, Tatum does get himself caught too often uh, right now. So right, passing out of those situations more quickly definitely helps. Uh, but look, it's an it's an added plus to his game. I think I think it's the score. I think it's the way he gets his points um, that's the most important thing uh, because he's just not settling not settling for the tough shot. I, again, I think it's all all of this run has coincided with him getting downhill more, and I think that that's the most important thing that we've seen with him. Let's uh, let's get Theo in here, um, and then we'll probably take one more, and we're going to wrap it here. What's up, Theo? What's going on? Uh, I was looking at the possible trade offers of the Celtics in the future. I was looking at uh, what's his name, Chris Paul, who crumbled today against the Spurs, and like he has a similar contract. Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay? Uh, no, nah, not crumble. Like the team crumbled. Like they got blown out like thirty points oh, against the Spurs. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and. I was wondering, like, they, he and Kemba have, like, a similar play style and a similar contract right now. What do you think of, like, a possible trade where he is a free agent next year? Uh, I mean, I no. think Chris Paul has been – you don't like Chris Paul, just way? No, that's not that's – That was Sherrod. Right. Just wait. Just wait I mean, Sherrod, 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 Sherrod. Just wait. Just wait. dreaming of, of Chris Paul right now. Literally. No, I, I, I like Chris Paul. He's <laughs> great. I love the fact that every team that Chris Paul goes to, Gets they better. become appreciably better like that first year. But I also know that every team that Chris Paul goes to tends to – how can I put this? Hate Chris Paul? <laughs> they don't show up well, – well, there's, there's some talk <laughs> of that. I was going to say that they just don't show up in the Talk about Cliff Paul? And they be, well, yeah. I be, bottom line is this. Chris Paul is a very good regular season player and can help you do some amazing things. Playoffs, different story. Um, I, I, I'm not feeling that. And frankly, for for Chris Paul, you know, he's going to have his pick of the litter, and I, I, I just don't see him ever wanting to be a Boston Celtic. He has, I'm a, surprised. He has a 45 million option. Though. I'm surprised that Sherrod, that that's your take. I would think that you would want that you would think that Chris Paul could could come in here and be like that veteran, pass first, playmaking guard that can kind of. Open things up for. Let me ask you a Jays. question: If you if you if you swapped him and Kimba out, does that make the Celtics a championship contender? I think I it gets him a lot. Cl- I think it gets him a lot. I mean, look what he's doing for Devin Booker right now. I just don't think uh, you'd never swap him out because what the hell is friggin' Phoenix going to do with Booker and Kemba? Well, if you like, if you offered five first round picks, okay, I might start the conversation <laughs> a little bit. Click. There's something to be said for a guy who's as good as Chris Paul is, who's on his fourth team in five I years. I love Chris Paul. I don't love Chris Paul, but I think he's awesome. I mean, do you see – look at the Thunder now and what they were with him last year on the verge of making the second round. Uh, that's a significant difference there. And he has raised the ceiling of the teams he's been on. I think the money is what's gotten people. That's the big reason the Rockets moved him because they thought the contract was a massive issue. And he had some issues with Harden that you can discuss there as well. But the people were scared of the contract for so long. And again, next year it's going to be $44 million, which is uh, intimidating even for what he's done. Give it, um, give it up, Wick. Give it up. Pay the tax. 
Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's Kemba for Paul, then you know it's a ten million dollar difference ultimately, more or less. Uh, but you're right; they, there's got to be something else that entices Phoenix there. And let's be real, Phoenix feels like a NBA Finals contender right now, even in the West. I mean, yeah. they're about to be the one seed if they can knock off a few more games here. I'm looking uh, at their remaining schedules; they have a tougher one than Utah, but um, you know, Ten they're right there. Rounders. Ten first rounders. Um, real quick, I want to let everybody know. Um, who's in here. If we don't get to you, we'll try to get to you next time, I promise. Also, if you can, uh, give everyone a follow here on um, of the panel here, even Snacks Toscano, who's still making noise. Um, <laughs> give everybody a follow here when we go live, and it won't just always be after this game. We're going to start doing more, um, you know, more, uh, more live stuff during the week as well. Uh, and it won't always be this group. It'll be members of this group with other people. Um, so please make sure you follow all of us here, uh, and you'll be notified when we do go live. Also, you can follow all of us on Twitter uh, if you want to. If you want to, uh, yeah, track down that information. But also subscribe to our Garden Report. A lot of you have come over from the post game show, so you already do subscribe to our YouTube channels with the Garden Report. Um, but if you don't. Subscribe now, and if you do, tell a friend. We had a massive numbers tonight. Uh, I, I expect it's just going to keep growing and growing as we get deeper into the season and into the playoffs. Um, so this was a super fun um, post-game show we did after one of the best games of the year. And yeah, that was gonna, a good one. We're going to do locker room every single day. So, again, uh, tell more people. We want, we want this uh, group to grow. Uh, we really enjoy the interaction both on the chats on, on YouTube uh, and in our live stream and then coming here and talking with you guys afterwards. Uh, one or two more people here. I've tried you a couple of times. Yo, one, no, two. Um, uh, are you with hey, us? What's, yeah. What's going on? What's, Yo, what's going one. On, man. My dudes, I've been struggling with this microphone. It's like every time I try to get on here. I say something and I get cut real quick. So. No, it's all good. I didn't have you muted one time, and I just didn't want you to, you know, be caught off guard. So John's uh, way too aggressive. Glad we, <laughs> glad we have you here. Fire away. Yeah, bless. Quick question, man. Why is Tremont Waters and Carson Edwards still on the squad? Bobby, because somebody's Bobby will tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Waters is because there aren't. Whoever's out there at this point is either in Europe, um, did their G League bubble. So I guess they could replace him with one of the G League guys who was in the bubble. In fact, they still might. Like, I wouldn't count that out with how bad he looked the other night. Mo went right out the door, so Tremont couldn't be too far behind. Carson's actually owed a lot of money because they gave him a hefty multi-year deal. I think it was the biggest for a second rounder ever at the time, and he's still under contract for, I want to say, two more years after this one. So that wasn't a great signing by Boston because he's not that easy to let go. And again, it's not a ton of dead money on the books, but they're only you know 500 k behind the tax right now, so they can't cut him. Um, but Tremont, Tremont could be gone any day. I wouldn't be surprised. Here's yeah. a question. I'm sure you guys talked about this in the last show or something, but the Isaiah Thomas rumors, I mean – if there was any truth to that, don't you think it'd already be on the team? Yeah, because there wasn't a rumor. It's another. It was a crap report. I know, I know, it was but, another crap why, report. Why not? People... Why not use him over a Tremont Waters? Why not sign him over Tremont Waters? Can't I, tell me that he can't. What give are you going to do Waters? defensively? With you can't. Cam- you can't do Cam- that. You can't do that. You can't sign Thank a you. veteran or two way. Gotcha. So what are you, What are you going to do I know defensively that. I, I with with that. Kemba it's Pritchard and Isaiah in your backcourt? Like, you're just always going to have – I mean, 
you're just always going to have someone the other team is going to right. Attack. They're redundant, but maybe you want to. Maybe it take, just takes some minutes away from Kemba going into the final stretch of games, or you want to save him a little bit. That's what you got Fournier for. Hopefully, when yeah. he's clears yeah. protocol, someone who yeah. can give you that playmaking and give you some size. Because again, I I get it. The Isaiah thing ended so bad here. People want to have a happy ending, but it's just that was again, four years ago. Forget now. about I it. I mean, we're yeah, pushing everyone. five. Yeah. That guy's gone, guys. Come on. Like, you'll never recapture that magic. In fact, it's probably going to make you sad, and it's going to sully yeah, the memory. Don't. It's going to sully the memory of one of the most entertaining Celtics teams we've ever had here. You know, yeah. so I mean, he didn't he didn't look good in New Orleans, did he? I mean, he had that one little I didn't watch. first game. But first game do, was pretty good. He didn't do well enough to get a second contract. Just remember the good times and, and keep it moving. You don't yes. want to go back to your exes, you know. You want to yeah. keep it moving. We don't need Zoolander too. We don't need right. him. They really, they really don't. They don't need him. <laughs> they yeah. don't. No, they don't. that's not the. It's it's not going to solve any of your issues. It's really it's, not. Uh, and like I said, no. just from I, you, I, I, it'll actually hurt to see it because you're going to remember it. I, I think it would be a painful experience. I think Celtics fans who want to see it for sentimental reasons would actually be the most disappointed. Uh, not just for the on-court product, it would just be sad because it's better to remember him for what he was than what you're going to get if you sign him to to a 10-day contract here. It, and, it, and it doesn't make sense. But uh, we've gone on a bit, guys, so I think we were going to wrap it. It's been 90 minutes. Great game. We're back on Monday. Guys, anything you want to say? To, 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 to Again, thanks, everybody, for joining. Guys, anything you want to say before we close it? Yeah, I want to say thank you to Steph Curry for reminding me how freaking good you are because we have we've we've had some tough uh couple of last seasons with curry missing time due to injuries and all that but when this guy's on his game i said it on the show earlier tonight he's easily the most fun player to watch in the nba and he makes the game just so much more enjoyable you know one of those players that you'll just text a friend and be like how good is curry well i was thinking this that that reminds me too i was thinking this tonight how close were the Celtics to trading for Curry? Because that was a big thing back in the day. That you know, could they flip Rondo for Curry very early in his career? That could have that could have really set up something special here if it ended up going the same way. But uh, I don't know, Sherrod, John, do you remember like how close it always, that ultimately well, was? It always comes back to the same question: What's in it for the other team? Um, that that's there was never any serious traction with that. Um, because there just wasn't enough sizzle. You know, you'd have to put, in other words, Bob, you'd have to give up seven picks and Rondo. <laughs> to get, to Before get that, that became popular. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So, no. Um, and and it, it's the same way with, with Chris Paul. I mean, remember, Danny was, was open about wanting to trade Rondo for Chris Paul uh, when he was in New, in New Orleans. Um, so it's, it's not like Danny is adverse to trading really good players if he thinks he can get a great one in return. And I just think right now, just the way the landscape looks in the NBA, the great players aren't being moved. Uh, They're being bought out, and then they sign with whoever the hell they want to, um, which is not good for teams like the Celtics. So, no. Would love if Steph was here, though. My gosh. Could you – well, that would back, be un- back back then. It was um, the the issue with Steph was you had um, at the time Golden State had Ellis, right? Um, right. And so, and Curry wasn't Curry for the first couple of years because so he had the had, ankle issues, and he had multiple ankle issues. He kept getting hurt, 
Um, and so you had Curry and Monte Ellis, and a lot of people at the time thought Ellis was the horse to bet on. So yeah, theoretically, you could have possibly bought low on Curry back then uh, before he became Steph. But then after he did, you know, there was that that was it. Um, but yeah, for a couple of years there, he looked like kind of trending towards bust territory because he he was hurt. Not quite bust, but again, he he had issues. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that would have been. Yeah, I mean the fortunes of every every franchise. I mean basketball would have been totally different, obviously, if that had happened. Right. Um, <laughs> I just can't imagine that Golden State team not existing um, the way it did. I mean, we talked about hey, it briefly. A, Curry Curry there, changed the game. I mean, he yeah. created an entire, pretty much new style of of play at that position. Well, the other and one is they almost signed. They almost signed Dwight Howard over Iguodala, which would have shifted things some type of way as well. And that was like another bullet they dodged. So yeah. I, there's, there's always those points along the way, it's, what ifs and all that. It's those deals you don't make, like the Red Sox trading for A-Rod, you know, um, that sometimes are the best ones. Um, and uh, thankfully that, that, that didn't go through either. But uh, all right, guys, thank you again for everybody who joined us again. F- give us a follow here on Locker Room. Uh, and on Twitter, and uh, obviously uh, join our join our post game shows where we do it. You know, live after every game. We're back on Monday, I believe. The Bulls, correct? Yeah. yeah and if you Tice, click our green, Tice return, Tice, Tice return. The Tice Cornet battle is going to be freaking intense. It's only right that Tice gets hit with a foul, right? Just to, just to commemorate his time with this. You just got to hit with a foul immediately. I can't wait. Oh my God! All we need is a questionable call that uh, doesn't get called on Tice, and everyone go, "Where's the call?" <laughs> like the yeah. inverse of how it happened here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone, right, so anyone get... in this room, if you click our if you click our profiles, you get our Twitter handles, and at least on mine, I have linked to our CLNS Media YouTube page where you can exactly. subscribe. So it makes it very easy to to do those things. And if you subscribe, you'll be able to watch our YouTube shows, which. Are right before we come on to here, so it's kind of like it's a package deal. You kind of gotta yep, as, get an idea of what's going on. Yeah, as do I, both Twitter and YouTube. So hit us up there, give us a follow, subscribe. Good night. We will see you guys on Monday. Thanks all. See ya. See you guys. Uh, 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 Sigas,